This podcast is a Bendy Geddig Media production. Hello, I'm Michael Sheen, and you are listening to a Touchline Rant podcast. Hello, lovely listeners, and welcome to episode 197 of a Touchline Rant, fiercely chasing down the big 200. I'm Mitchell Gadd. I'm joined this week by my partner in crime, Mr. Luke Smalley. Say hello, Luke. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah. I worry every time I say hello on this podcast that I sound lacklustre. Would you say I sound lacklustre? No, I don't think you do. I think you sound chilled out. Okay. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't label that at you lacklustre. Well, you're kind of unfair. That'd be unfair criticism. That would. I think. Yeah, I completely agree. Speaking of unfair criticism, hey, like that. Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer this week departed from his role as Manchester United manager. It did seem inevitable, more like when and not if. Um, a lot has been said. It's the story in football at the moment. Not just the sacking, but the I guess the reflection on his role as manager, his stature at the club. Um, obviously, you've made it very clear where you stand and you weren't going to call for him to be sacked. Um, but... Um, and you're, point, you're pointing ferociously at me here. What's going on here? What are you, what are you pointing at me here for? Could you mute your Zoom? <laughs> Can I mute my Zoom? There <laughs> you are. Peek behind the curtain. It's far easier to do that, eh? Um, but <laughs> you can see, there you are. Unfair criticism of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. What do you reckon? Do you think he... Um, you, I mean, now he's been sacked... Now he has left the role as as United that. manager. What do you? What's your overall feelings? Do you think that it was the right call? I know you weren't going to call for him to be sacked, but do you think it was right for him to move on? Um, before I answer that, can I can I just like a true politician? Um, I just want to foreshadow my for coming <laughs> remarks by saying I hate football. Sometimes I hate football because. The hero of 1999, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, Manchester United legend, like legend status assured forever. Um, him coming back as interim manager because Mourinho hadn't worked. Him to come in to galvanise the squad, to make it his own, to shape it, to get it playing good football and challenge him for trophies again, should with him successfully winning the Premier League title and a couple so that's the correct way that's the Hollywood ending to that story you know Ferguson's hero the true replacement of Ferguson that's how it should have ended but it didn't because the world can sometimes shit on you you know and that's how it felt to be honest I love Ole Gunnar Solskjaer um, his career as Manchester United manager speaking as a Man United fan has just made me love him more. I don't care about anything else because he made it exciting to watch United play, rightly or wrongly. Losing 4-1 to Watford as your party, that's exciting to watch. It was devastating because I knew what it would lead to, but it's still an exciting game of football. There were no boring games. <clears throat> Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like there was nil-nils or whatever. He went out in an absolute blaze of glory. Massive loot, losses across the board. He just went, it's just, I just really wanted it to succeed, you know? 
I just really wanted it to work because it it would have been a perfect a perfect way of replacing Ferguson to be like, oh my god, Holly Gunnar Solskjaer and Michael Carrick and Darren Fletcher, look at this, you know. But it didn't, and it you know. Um, Football doesn't away... always work, doesn't always work like that, does it? With his fairy tale, no, nope, as is life, as is life. Mm. Sometimes, unfortunately, sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're the nail. That's just how it works. That's how life is. And you just ride out both of them and you'd be grand. Um, yeah. But taking out my own personal affinity for the man, because the man's one of my heroes. He's just, 99 was the single purest joy I think I've ever felt in my entire life. Do you know what I mean? This, that moment where the world could be on fire, but you wouldn't even know because you're like, ah! <laughs> like <laughs> I lost my shit. When Oli Gunnar Solskjaer scored that, the words and Solskjaer has won it still get the hairs on the back of my neck going. It's it's unreal. So no. I'll never criticise him at all, ever. Um, taking out my personal feelings for him, it, of course, it was definitely the correct time for him to go 100%. If I'm being impartial, of course he had to go. The problem with the club, what they've done, is they have, as Manchester United tend to do, got it massively wrong. Because what they have done, in my opinion, by sacking Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but seemingly, except Mike Phelan, none of the coaching staff, despite Ole Gunnar Solskjaer saying on multiple occasions that he leaves the coaching to his coaches and he is the manager, he's very much like Sir Alex was in his old days. Sir Alex brought in coaches and it's their job to coach the players. And and Sir Alex Ferguson came in and just added the last little sprinkle of what was needed. Solskjaer said that that's the way that he manages. So by sacking Solskjaer, and not sacking Carrick and Fletcher and the rest of the coaching staff. <laughs> what Man United have said is actually, oh, well, the problem was Ollie. They can do as many videos as they want, calling him a legend, which he is. But by sacking Ollie and not sacking the coaching staff, they've actually said, well, it wasn't the coaching. The players are fine. They just weren't being managed correctly. They've singled out the man they're trying not to single out <laughs> whilst sacking and- him. And, and I think it's clear to most people watching Man United that, it, that there probably is a coaching problem, isn't it? I mean, it's clear that there... It's got to be. That the players have, have, have regressed, obviously good players, players that have performed internationally, um, at the, you know, concurrently with, with their performances with Man United and they're, and they're not performing. So there's obviously a coaching problem. You hear, see comments from David De Gea after the game, who knows, then... You know, there is a coaching problem. So, Massive. Do you know the biggest, the biggest proof that there is a coaching problem at Manchester United? Fred. When Fred, before he signed for United, he was considered one of the hottest midfield, you know, properties in world football. For those, not in, I hate to use the phrase in the know, but those that don't just watch the Premier League. And they don't know anyone from outside the Premier League because they only want all the Bundesliga or whichever league, you know, those fixated on one league. Fred was massively touted and Man City really wanted him and went after him hard, but he came to United. Uh, Fred was a great player who could have kicked on 
to become a really good player, like a Kante level player. He was that good. And he's come to Man United and just regressed. Uh, well, that's what you look, you look for with, with, with players. Um, when a coach comes into a side, you know, when you're looking for if they're, sort, if they're making their mark on the side, you look at what individual players have they improved? Whose games have they taken to the next level? And I really can't think of, you know, a lot, there's far more players at Manchester United that have gone the other way. I would say than have that yeah. have improved over the last, and the, and I'm talking not just under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's reign. I'm talking for a, for quite a while now at the club, um, yeah. and obviously the Fred signing goes back before Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as well. So you also you mentioned the way it's handled as well. I think also the the stories, the way it came out in the press, it it just it didn't seem like it was handled that great. It didn't seem like. Yeah. There was a. It seemed like people were 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 reporting that news way no, too way too soon before that was made public. There's no really. doubt. There's no doubt that this news, in my opinion, was leaked by the relevant people, as news stories do. That's how it works. I get that, but the fact that he is such a legend at the club, the first, you know, like when Sir Alex ret- announced his retirement. The first we heard of it was via Manchester United. No one leaked it. It was kept very well hidden. Yeah. Um, Solskjaer deserved that as well. Solskjaer deserved to be given that right that he was told and it was announced. It wasn't kept. It wasn't leaked. It wasn't, it was, we'll show you the respect and, you know, you not have to hear about this overnight and that's what happened essentially Mm. you know we were all reading stories in numerous publications about how things were going to go down and it went down exactly as they said it would you know and Oli Gunnar Solskjaer's family all of this they couldn't they probably knew but they couldn't talk about it you know and then lo and behold it's because they'd spent the day filming with him as a goodbye interview where he cried talking about how much he loves the club. You know, Ooh. it's, it, he's, oh, I absolutely love him. I literally would have still been on this podcast saying, God, I love Solskjaer being manager of Manchester United. Well, if, Even you if think we were about in League that... Two, if we were in League Two, I promise you, I'd still be on this podcast going, God, I love Solskjaer. I don't, I don't actually doubt you. I don't doubt you. But he definitely brought, United were scoring far more goals under Solskjaer, as well as obviously the conceding the other end. Definitely, definitely brought the the more attacking football back to United. I think yeah. what people need to remember as well is the job that he was, what the situation was when he came into the club. And I think, look, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is. I think he will perform the best as a manager at Manchester United, but he, he I don't think he was or is the best manager for Manchester United going forward. But I would say that if you remember what he came into at the time, it was some very dour kind of atmosphere. 
very um not very entertaining football and yeah, he came in he had a job to do and he definitely did a job to a point then it got to a point i think if you want to go to the next level i think they need they they need to recognize that that it wasn't going to be in the Solskjaer. and obviously that you know you then there's a time of, of when you kind of make that make you know make that kind of departure and move move on to the next manager but i think you know, when you look back at the body of work uh, Solskjaer's done, I don't think anyone, even despite comments from people like Scholes, can say that he let the club down because he was... He did At the at time, all. he was asked to do a job. He The club were in need. He answered the call. And I think, I think OK, it's gone wrong in the last couple of months. But United came second in the league last season. Yeah. And Europe yes, League they, final. Yeah. And obviously, it's disappointing that they lost the finals, but they were at least challenging for trophies again. So he did take them up a few levels. He just didn't take them up to the Do levels. The most painful regarding that is that if we'd won the Europa League final last year and we'd had a trophy, Ollie had his trophy, this United team had that trophy. Players like Marcus Rashford and Mason Greenwood. You know, these players had this trophy to their name again. And so did Ollie. And then we'd had the summer sign-ins that we made. I genuinely think we would be massively challenging across all fronts. Like, look at tonight. As we record this tonight, they have beaten Villarreal 2-0 away. Ronaldo scores... (laughs) His 799th career goal, and Jaden Sancho played 90 minutes and scored his first goal for the club. You know, immediately my mood is lifted because they've they've won. It's like, yeah, there you go, job done. It's worth yeah. the lows to have the highs of tonight. So look, I just think this team was. <sighs> Everything seemed right. In hindsight, what was missing was the fact that they lost that Europa League final in the way that they lost it. And let's not forget, some of those players, those English players, in the space of, what, a few months, lost a Europa League final and a Euro, uh, a Euros final. Yeah. In the, What does that do to your morale and your... Your, you know, mental health and all these things that are genuine things that these football... I know they're footballers who earn a lot of money, but they're still impacted by the same things as all the rest of us are. Imagine lo- what it's like to lose a Europa League final for your club and then a European Championship final with your country and then come back, like, what? Four weeks later and go again. They must Ooh. have been like, I don't want to go again. I want to have a break from this. Because it must, it must be shit, you know. Yeah. Well, they. So this I is guess factors in there. That's all I'm saying. What's that? There's, fa- there's factors, and there's mm, there's, factors. there's levels and stuff. Mm. There's it's not as simple as because, you know, Lewis from South Wales <laughs> has. Has, has said that, well, is he? I could be a better manager than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because he once won the Champions League with Grimsby on FIFA career mode. He thinks he's a better manager in real life. This man who has no idea of the world, you know, there's factors to this. It's no different managing a football team the way Solskjaer did 
to manage in an office, really. His coaching staff the took, is, the, took the bulk of the stuff off him. He just managed the players. And there were, there were, there were managers after Sir Alex and before Ole that are good managers that, you know, people like Van Hal that, and Moyes have shown now that have struggled. So it's a, it's a difficult... And, the, and, and it, some would argue that the way the club's set up and Woodward... Uh, you know, you're plugging a a, a managed different manager into a same kind of corrupted sort of mismanaged yeah. system. Yeah. That they got it wrong right from the start. United that, got this wrong right from the start. So it's gonna. I think you know. I think it's not just a case of new manager in and everything will be fine again. But anyway, let's move on to new manager. So Carrick is in at the moment. We talked about the coaching staff will be there. Pochettino is. Rumoured Zidane's been approached, um, which I really think would be a mistake personally. Um, but Pochettino seems to be the name that's emerging. Uh, uh, Valverde, who we actually spoke about, didn't we? Um, mm-hmm. as a manager out of work when we were talking about managers that Villa. don't get linked with jobs, has seemingly been contacted. Reports on BBC for the interim post, but obviously, this is interim. Um, do you think let's start with let's start with interim? Um, do you think that's the right way to go again, interim, or do you think it's, it's purely they have to do it if they can't get the man that they really want until summer? Um, some of the reports were suggesting that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's future was being discussed at an extremely senior level uh, since the Liverpool defeat. Now. If the, there's also other reports that are saying that United have only begun their search for a new manager once Soligana Solskjaer had been relieved of his duties. So, what bunch of inept morons are in charge of a multi billion pound business machine? How are they so stupid that they can start going? We need. We might need to get rid of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer two weeks before you fire him, and not have a plan in place in that time. How are these people in charge of a company? I wouldn't leave them in charge of of my rabbit whilst I was away on holiday because I think they'd forget to feed him. Do you know what I mean? Like they should have had this in place. Why are we now discussing? Why are they only now looking for an interim manager? They should have already had one lined up. If they were already mm. discussing it, they should have had one lined up already. Regardless, um, I think the only correct decision, the literally the only one, if you're only looking for an interim manager, is Valverde. Like, name me another. If you're only looking for interim, you're not going to get a manager out of a job, obviously. Because you're going, right, we just want you to be caretaker. But the only time that worked was Ollie. Ollie was Molder when he came in as our interim manager. But what about Big levels. Sam? Right, this is the problem. This is why Valverde is the best option. Because if if you go, right, Valverde's not an option, who does that leave you with? Big Sam, Mark Hughes, Steve Bruce, <laughs> this level, Tony Pulis. It's not that far. It's not that far, I'm telling you, from going Steve Bruce 
it's not that many levels down to going, well, Mick McCarthy recently was like, oh, by Cardiff. Do you know what I mean? It's not that far. So Valverde has still got, despite being out of work for a very long time, he was, he was Barcelona manager and was successful there. And He's there's the... a long time left in the season. So, uh, I mean, I think, he, uh, you know, it's not even Christmas. got Carrick in the role at the moment. I, I, just, I think you do need someone with experience because you've, you're still in the Champions League. It's only November. There's a long way to go in the season yet. And you know what that I can shape how you set up for next season and who you, who you attract and the mood around the camp. There's, there's, you know, you play all year, the previous year, to get in the Champions League. You're in it at the moment. You, I mean, with all due respect to Carrick, even though he's won his first game, you know, part of the previous regime as well, I think you need, you need someone with a, like you said, a bit of experience of, of, of success, even if it is only interim manager. And I, I think, so I think this interim manager, it's not a Solskjaer type, you know, it's not a previous no. club legend. It's no, not a, no, no. someone filling the breach, you know, who's, who's been in the, in the coach, who's been in and around the club. I think you, you need someone, if it's not going to be the manager you're going to get long term, still need someone, I think, who's going to do a good job. Otherwise, you're throwing away a rest of the season when it's only, it's only November. You know, the so. problem is, though, is you're overestimating Manchester United. You're <laughs> overestimating the people in charge of this business. Let, this, is what I, this is exactly my point that I make consistently about the people who run this club and why, when you break through everything, um, they've been crap right from the start. And I've li- the good thing about me, when I, talk, when I say stuff about my opinions on football, looking back, We've got four years worth of football audio recorded where I say these things. So I've got proof that I'm... So all along, as soon as Ferguson retired and David Gill also left his role at the same time, the wheels fell off. David Gill leaving was arguably a bigger problem to Manchester United than Ferguson retiring because David Gill would have replaced him correctly right from the off. When Ferguson retired, the the one and only replacement that was suitable for that moment was Jose Mourinho. The only one. Because he would have been able to, when everyone said to David Moyes, do you feel pressure taking over from Sir Alex Ferguson, who's the most successful manager of all time? David Moyes did. It was too big for him. It was just too big of a job. And they, he wasn't backed correctly. Um, Jose Mourinho at that point that's before he went back to Chelsea that's before he won mm. the Premier League for the final time he would have come in and when they said you feel pressure he'd be like why would I feel pressure because he's the most self-assured self-confident manager I've seen since Brian Clough you know he yeah. would have just that was the correct thing to do then when David Moyes didn't work out they did the correct thing with Ryan Giggs and you could argue that they did the correct thing with Van Hull because it was an experienced manager who had won things at an elite level. That was correct, I believe. It didn't go right, (laughs) but that was to do with Van Hull's style of football Mm, rather than anything else. He could have worked... You know, he um, could have worked. They hired Mourinho too late. They sacked Solskjaer. Uh, well, 
with Solskjaer, we've sort of hung him out to dry. But there's there's problems with this across the, the board. Might do you know? What I no, well, I don't think it'll happen. Don't rule it out from happening. Um, it just be an announced that Pochettino's left PSG and he's coming to us. Do you think that's is that who you want to see as a United fan? Is that the right move? Do you think? Um, in my opinion, the correct manager to appoint right now is Maurizio Pochettino. Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. He got Spurs that Spurs side to the Champions League final, and was on the pitch crying with them. Like that's the sort of manager that I want at United. You know, I don't want yeah. someone coming in like like genuine. We're being there's actual people saying Brendan Rodgers, like actual real life people. Now, I'm not being funny. I no criticism to Brendan Rodgers. I have been very complimentary about Brendan Rodgers as a manager and as a coach. However, there's levels. There's levels. Don't yeah, exactly. And he's you know, that. He's probably where. Obviously, it's gone a bit. As I said it's gone. It's gone wrong this season at Man United. But you know, Solskjaer came came second and was you know getting to finals of of tournaments. I mean, you know, Rodgers was. And he, he went wrong at the, in the last before he was sacked at Liverpool as well. They were they were you know heading more towards mid table than to the top four, so you know he's had that big job and you know it's it wouldn't be massively dissimilar to David Moyes getting the role after after the amazing job he did at Everton where they were trying to break into that four top four, mm-hmm. and I think they did on one occasion, didn't they? Yeah. Um, and Leicester doing exactly the same thing with Rodgers. And then you're appointing someone who, to be honest, then is pretty much at that similar level. Yeah. You know, you'd have to say he's at pretty much at that similar level. As much as Moyes has been maligned this over the last few years, you know, Rodgers is a great manager. But the job Moyes is doing now at West Ham, you'd have to say they're in, they're in that same... They're in that same field of managers that I would class as kind of outside of those... Elite, very good managers, but outside of those elite managers, now it remains to be seen whether Pochettino. I wouldn't class Pochettino as an elite manager, but I would definitely say he's got the potential to be. And I think there is something exciting about that appointment, if you're a Man United yeah. fan, about the possibilities. Whereas I do think you're going back to a, the type of appointment that has gone wrong in the past. If you if you go with Rogers. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Surely. Like, well, maybe, who's a better option out there? Who's a better option out there who, at the point in his career, where they are and where the club they are, and taking everything into consideration, who would be a better appointment? You can probably think of a couple of managers. Like Ten Hag, Ajax is one that's regularly being talked about. They won't go that way, but he's playing very good football. But... I, I do like the Ajax team. However, the, the the level of player at Manchester United is a step up from the one that he's dealing with now at Ajax. That's correct to say. And the spotlight as well. Yeah, it's just huge. The difference is massive. Like Ajax are a massive club, huge club with a, with a great history uh, and a rich history. However, when you come to a club like Man United, and it's not just Man United, it's Real Madrid, it's Barcelona, this 
not only this giant of a club, this it's a behemoth of a club. Even all the problems United have gone through, they're still a money-making machine. And Ronaldo's just made it more so. Um, these, there is a different kettle of fish managing us. It really is. It comes down to that Eric Cantona quote when he walked out on the pitch at Old Trafford with Ferguson and Ferguson said to him, are you big enough to play here? And he turned around and said, is this club big enough for me? Is that attitude that you need at Manchester United? That's literally mm. the attitude you need. You need to come in and be like, well, this is what, where I should be playing. Someone else who had that was Wayne Rooney, Van Persie, Rio Ferdinand. It was like, this is Patrice Evra. They, they loved it. Yeah. It's, yeah, absolutely. It was their, their stage, you know? And Cristiano Ronaldo is the same. He bloody loves it at United. Mm. You know, like he's meant for he's meant for these. You get certain managers and certain players, with all due respect to Brendan Rodgers, look at the job he did at Liverpool. I know people say, oh, he nearly won the Premier League. Fine then, so did Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer nearly won the Premier League as much as Brendan Rodgers did at Liverpool. Yeah, that's right. That's Brendan Rodgers. Right. And then the next thing that someone said to me when I said, good grief, don't let me... Like, I put a tweet out that said that I would, my ideal you, uh, like world right now, Jeremy Corbyn is running the, is running the country and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is successfully managing Man United to trophies. But by the end of the year, I could live in a world where Boris Johnson's running the country and Brendan Rodgers is in charge of my football club. Like it's a, it's a horrible idea. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there you are. You know, these dreams, as we said, life life has other plans, I'm afraid, Lukey boy. Well, we'll move it on. We'll move it on from, from Man United talk. Let's talk. I want to label this section quiet achievers nice. in the uh, Premier League this season. Um, or we could expand it out. But I, first on, on my list, Wolves up in sixth. That's, where's that come out of nowhere, isn't it? They're they're nineteen points. Yeah. Point behind Arsenal. Point the same points as Tottenham. Yeah. Larger's doing quite a good job there, isn't he? He's, he's sort of just quietly, casually taken over Nuno, and got them. Yeah, just just performing nicely. And... Yeah, he's done extremely. He's done extremely well. Um, I, I mean, apologies to any Wolves fans listening. Because they play Norwich next. And Norwich have just are now off in the back of two victories. And they got a new manager. So apologies for we when we inevitably ATR curse Wolves and Norwich beat them on the weekend. <laughs> Get that out of the way. Wolves have been really good. They've always been good. They just got a really small squad. So at the mm. start of the season, they weren't performing, but a lot of their team were out. Injured, they had a lot of injuries, and if a team like Wolves has a lot of injuries, you're screwed because it's like you know they're the sort of club that have got like right. We've only got one registered left back. Where's all our left back sort of thing? You know, I don't, they may have more. That's just a, a you know a jovial example, but they're just one of those clubs where you're just like, well, if one person gets injured, we literally have no sent like no left back, and what's going on? And yeah. they've got their players back now. 
now they've got an abundance of fullbacks because Marcel is back, but Ike Nori is in the team, you know, as another example, another fullback related example up for Wolves. But absolutely, I did not think they were sick. I thought they were in relegate. I thought that they were, you know, it didn't feel that long ago that they seemed like they were on the verge of maybe having a relegation threatened season. Yeah. And, and like I said, it comes they down beat West Ham on the weekend. The injuries that they've had, and obviously the most high-profile one being being Jimenez, and it's great to see him back scoring goals again and scoring a winner on the weekend. And it, I mean, it's the other thing, just like the manager, you know, they lost Rui Patricio and Sartre's coming in goal as well. And just yeah. it's been like it's it's almost been a seamless sort of transition, you know. It's you know defensively, just looking at their numbers, they've conceded twelve goals in twelve games this season, so they've only conceded one more than. Than Liverpool, and when you take out, so that that's the the only that's the fourth best in the league. So Chelsea and Man City are ridiculous. Four Mate, goals we've conceded more Chelsea, goals than that in the last City, three then, games. What's that? We've conceded that many goals in the last three games. Well, there you go, United. Yeah. So I mean, so that I think it's built on yeah, pretty pretty solid foundation. I suppose just you know over the course of the season. You hope that they don't have the sort of luck that they have they've had with injuries, but absolutely doing yeah doing doing wonders. Quite, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely good stuff. Um, the other the other achiever, um, I'm I think is doing a bit better than expected this season. I wouldn't say it's quite necessarily, but Southampton. You know they lost the last game, but they won three of their last four before that. Thirteenth place, big fan of Hassan Huttle. You know, he's doing a good job there, isn't he? Oh, yeah, he's doing a great job, like an absolute great job. Um, I don't know really what sort of team they are, to be honest. Though, still, I don't know why that's a thing. But do you know what I mean? It's like I can't describe them. They just they're scrappy, I guess. Yeah. They're never they, they gonna won't... win games. They're gonna win games like three or four nil. Are they? It's it, again. It's kind of. I mean, you look at their their goals conceded. Um, you know, they're they're pretty. Yeah, fourteen isn't bad. You know, that no. sort of. You know, just that's in the top half, and then exactly... the goals scored are only eleven. So they're they they're a one nil sort of side when they win, aren't they? Yeah. Do you know what the sort of side they are? They're the sort of side that if you. If you looked at the, t- the Premier League table and you saw them in seventh, you'd be like, bloody hell, what are they doing up here? they got nosebleeds because mm. you don't expect them to be that high. However, to their credit, if you looked at the table and they were, say, 16th at this time of season, yeah, and someone went, oh, but Southampton could be dragged in. They're the sort of side now that you go, don't be stupid. They'll be fine, Southampton. They'll just claw, they'll, they'll pull themselves out of it. They're that sort of club. They're just, they're too good to, in my, they're too good to get relegated, but they're not good enough to break through the, the next ceiling in front of them. In fairness, though, a lot of, a lot of people felt that, um, I think one is one of Jordan's predictions in the, in the summer, you know, felt that Southampton, this would be the year they go down because they lost Ings, didn't they? And they lost, um, Who's the Vestergaard, isn't it, at the back? Yeah, it's gone to Leicester. And thought, oh, this, this could be, you know, this because they, they, they're such a selling club. 
Yeah. And they didn't really bring in any any high profile replacements, but then people like Armstrong have come in have turned out to be and Livermento have turned out to be to, to be good signings. So, you know, but they, they weren't the, they weren't marquee kind of no, you know, when you look at things being lost, you know they might they thought they might struggle there, you know. But, I was I was convinced they were gonna be crap myself, to be fair. Um Yeah, impressive stuff. Yeah, they've done they've done really well. Um but like I said, they're just not quite good enough for the next level, really. Yeah, and similarly, I think the other the other side I would say that have have performed well this season. We talked about Palace last week, but Bright Brighton um, losing at Villa again, lost at the weekend, but you know still still That's performing no very well. And Potter's doing a great job there, isn't he? Yeah, he's doing a good job. I think there's a. I think it's interesting now. I think now that Norwich have. Norwich, if because they've had their second win, it now kind of looks like a great, a great sort of move by Norwich to wait until that first victory, then sack him. But say to play, look, we're gonna, we've got someone really good lined up. Dean Smith rolls in. Dean Smith apparently is a really good manager. You know, well, we talked about him on on, the, on his podcast. Was it last week? But I think, yeah, if you look. He's, uh, He's just got to look at someone who would be you'd want to chat football with, Dean Smith. Yeah. So, the, but, you know, Norwich now, they're coming off. They've got two wins. It's getting interesting a bit now. Well, this league, I think, is it's getting closer and closer together at that sort of, at the other end of the table because now you've got Norwich off the bottom with eight yeah. points. If you look at it, like Brentford, who everyone's been praising this season for their performances, they're on the same number of points as Watford. Watford yeah. are on the same number of points as them, and and you'd argue that Watford's fixtures have been they've had some tough, just as tough games, if not tougher than Brentford. I know yeah. they've got a tough run still for a while, but you know Brentford have lost a few games where you thought they might pick up points, and suddenly you know they lost, they haven't won in, I think five, maybe six games now. Lost four on the bounce before that draw at Newcastle, so yeah, they're they're in. They're in danger, and suddenly you've got Watford, yeah, climbing yeah. the table. Um, it's interesting because you might, I think it's going to get, it could get a real tight. You know, Burnley have got, have not beat, not, not lost in four in the league, but they, they're now in the relegation zone. Leeds are just outside it. it look, it's and, quite, it's a lot closer. This is why you almost want Wolves, uh, sorry, Norwich now to get another win. Eddie Howe, yeah. Just mesh it up. That and Eddie Howe come back from his COVID diagnosis into Newcastle and go, right, now we're starting. It just yeah. makes you worried that Newcastle have missed that new manager bounce. And it would be such a Newcastle thing, wouldn't it? It would, wouldn't it? It would, <laughs> it would be such a Newcastle thing. Yeah, Newcastle. No get yeah, get so new right owners. Well. New owners. I've spoken at length about what I feel about Newcastle's new owners. So I'm not going to go into that. We haven't got enough time. But they they have come in, loads of money. They appoint a new manager. He gets COVID. He can't manage the team. When he comes back, the players go, yeah, but we're used to your coaching staff now. Absolutely. It and they miss the new manager bounce and then get relegated. It would just be so, so funny. Um, well, not for Newcastle fans, sorry. But no, it just, but for us, yeah, it would just be so Newcastle, wouldn't it? But they are yeah. bottom of the league now. They're bottom yeah, of the league. Bottom. No wins. Oh, God. All right. Well, yeah. 
Um, should we? Uh, all right. Should we call it? There. I think. I think that's it. I think I've touched every we've, base. We've I think. For one yeah, week, we got I think I might just got, sit in the corner for a week. We got to fourth base. We did all the bases. Did podcast yep. bases. Hit a home run. Yeah. 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 All right. Ta-da. Bye. Bye. <laughs>